Hey, it is great to be with you this morning, and uh, it's, a, it's an honor for Jody and I uh, to be back home. And I do want you to know that hope sets the table. And on behalf of 465,000 children that are being fed every school day, I, I want to say to Calvary Orlando, I want to say thank you. On behalf of 35,000 women that are currently being empowered, I want to say thank you. On behalf of 25,000 farmers that are being equipped, I want to say thank you. On behalf of 31 million people who were impacted last year alone through your faithfulness, I want to say thank you because hope sets the table. You know, for, for all of us, we have, these, we have these, these, these moments that we hold on to, right? These phrases that kind of stick. And, and for those of us that have, that have started a journey of faith, we, we have these, these verses that kind of become life verses for us, right? And for me, uh, one of my life verses is, is found, the writer of Hebrews wrote this in Hebrews chapter 6. He says this, we have this hope. Man, I love that. We have this hope. There's something powerful about that word, isn't it? Hope. In fact, I want you to say it with me. You ready? On the count of three. One, two, three, hope. Come on, we can do better than that. One, two, three, hope. Let's do it one more time. One, two, three, hope. Hope. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. And what the writer to Hebrews is talking about there, he's talking about God's vows and his promises. The over 7,000 promises in the word of God. And he keeps each and every one of them. This morning, I, I want to talk to you for just a moment about the promises of God. Now, we won't cover all 7,000 because that would take too much time, right? Somebody said amen. But, but I do want to, I want, I want to talk to you about the promises of God. And I, I want to talk to you about the, the plan that He has for you and the plan that He has through you. But I want you to do this for me. I want you to, I want you to imagine for a moment, in fact, I'll let you in on a little secret, that the, uh, the seats that you're, that you're sitting in today, for those of, you, th those of you that are in the house, for those of you that are watching in line, I'm confident that you've got a comfy place on the sofa, a, a nice chair there by your desk. But for those of you that are in the house, I want you to know that the seats that you're sitting in, we actually, we, we had these seats actually specifically designed. Calvary was the first church to have the seat that you're sitting in, and they were designed to be the size of a first-class seat, okay? So if you were to get on uh, 7.37 this afternoon, um, which Jody and I will not be sitting in first class, but if we, uh, if, 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 if somehow God shines upon us and we get upgraded between now and four o'clock, we'll be sitting in a seat the size that you're sitting in right now. If not, it's going to be, well, let's just say it's going to be smaller and, 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 and a bit more cozy. And so I want you to imagine for a moment that you're, that you're not in the sanctuary at Calvary. And, and actually, I don't even want to put you on a, on a plane this morning. C can, can we imagine for a moment, we've decided to go old school. We've gone to Sanford and we've, we've, put, our, we've put our car on the auto train and we're going to take Amtrak up the coast. And this is what we've done. We've We've actually, we've actually sprung a little, bit of extra, a little bit of extra cash for an upgraded seat. And, and you're excited about the trip. You're excited about the opportunity to be able to go to the, the dining car and get some food and, and just, just enjoy and take in all of the wonderful countryside that we have in America. And, and, and just, as, just as the train is pulling out of the Sanford station, 
You've got your, you've got your beverage there, right, in your cup holder. Some of you have never noticed that there's cup holders in your seat here at Calvary. And again, that is, that is by design. I brought my beverage in with me this morning. And as you're, as you're just, as you're taking in this and you're going, man, I, I'm glad I spent the extra money for this upgraded seat. A kid starts kicking the back of the chair. I want you to feel that right now, okay? There's a kid kicking the back of your chair. There's two more little boys. It, it, you, you can tell that, that their parents didn't dress them. They dressed themselves and, and their hair looks like somebody hasn't touched their hair in days. And they're, they're starting to run up and down the aisle. And you look over and the father is sitting there and he's, he's, he's reading a book and he's not paying any attention to these kids. Bang, bang bang, shouting, running, okay? And, and, and there's just, it feels like there's, there's chaos. And in this moment, you're going, I, I, I don't know if I can take much more. And finally, when you've had enough, you turn to this guy and you go, sir, it, could you maybe get control of your kids? And he and he puts down the book and, and you can see these tears in his eyes and, and he looks at you and he goes, oh, I'm, 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 I'm so sorry. I, I was actually in, a, in another place, in another world. You see, five days ago, we, we came, our family came to Orlando for a family vacation and, and while we were here, unexpectedly, my wife passed away. And I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I don't know how I'm going to take care of these boys. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm, I'm, I'm at a total loss. You see that boy kicking your chair in a different light today, don't you? You, you see those boys running back and forth in a different light today, don't you? you? You see that dad that seems so detached in a different light today, don't you? Well, I believe this. I believe that God has brought us here this morning. He's, he's had you tune in today because what God wants to do is God wants to give you a, a different perspective. He wants to give you a, a different point of view. He wants you to see yourself. He wants you to see the world around you in a different light. Because God's plan and his promises are true. Promises like, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plan, plans to prosper you. Promises like, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. You know what I've discovered? I've discovered those promises that the writer to Hebrews refers to, those promises that God has given the vast majority of them come with a premise, right? God says, if, then, if, then. And the reason that God does this is not because he's trying to get something out of you. You see, God spoke the word and the world came to order. He spoke and it was. God has no need. And yet, he calls on us to engage, to be active participants in his kingdom work. Why? 
Well, it's, it's because, quite honestly, not because there's great need in the world, it's because God wants to position us to experience all of His glory, to live in all of His power, and to enjoy the wonder of the reward that He's so faithful to give. Because that's what God is. He's not some big bloodshot eyeball in the sky with lightning bolt in hand waiting for you to do something bad to where he can zap you. It's amazing how many people have that incorrect perception of who God is and what he does. And yet, when we can get past religion, we can get past all of that and see Jesus for who He really is and see the Father for who He really is. Here's what we discover. We discover that for God so loves that He, that he gives. And so, so we can have this, right? What, what Paul describes, this new birth into a living hope. Right? We've been given new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And we have this hope, the writer of Hebrews says, as an anchor for our soul. And hope, hope sets the table. This morning we, we, have, we have a table here on stage. and I want to talk to you about some of the people that, that God is inviting to this table that's, that's Calvary Orlando. If I could, I would, I would have Pastor Philemon Rocha here today. Philemon pastors in Nueva Guinea, Nicaragua. You know, when I first met Philemon, he, uh, his family vehicle for his, for, for his, his wife and his three children uh, was a, a Suzuki 550 motorcycle. He and his family were living in a, a 10 by 10 room with a dirt floor. But Philemon, Philemon was able to be trained because somebody in Orlando said yes to God. I, I, I wish. I wish I could have Juan Far of Montero sitting here today. Juan pastors in a little village in Cuba called Los Polos, the Sticks. Literally lives in the Sticks. Juan pastors a house church that sits on top of a garbage dump. When I first met Juan, I saw a Bible sitting on the table of his house. And I said, oh, I see you've you've got your Bible open. And he said, oh, pastor, that's not my Bible. He said, that, that belongs to a friend of mine, James. But James shares it, and, and I get it for one week a month. And then it goes to somebody else, and it goes to somebody else, and it goes to James. I said, you, you don't have your own Bible? No. By the way, this was the third, fourth church that he had, that he had, that he had planted. So he'd done three before, now he was on number four. His wife, his wife had been praying for seven years for him to have a Bible. 
And because of the faithfulness of Calvary Orlando, because, because somebody was obedient when God said, listen, I want, you to, I want you to step in. Philemon Rocha is being trained today. Juan Father Montero, he has, he has a Spanish language, spirit-filled Bible today. Because somebody said yes. Why? Because hope, hope sets the table. Prophet Isaiah writes in Isaiah 58, this is one of those if-then, okay? I love this. I love this, Isaiah 58. It says this, that the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your need in the sun-scorched land. I love that idea. But that, that promise, it, it has a premise to it. And the premise is this. So Isaiah 58, verse 9, the second, second half of verse 9, it starts like this. It says, um, if you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk. I love this. It, it, it first starts with the prophet Isaiah. He first starts with us, right? If you do away with the yoke of oppression, can we talk this morning about those things that hold us down? The obligations and the obstacles that we have in our life? By the way, God didn't bring you to Calvary this morning. He didn't have you connect online this morning to make you feel bad, but here's what he does want to do. He wants to move you to where you're better. You came into God's house this morning and you've got this habit that you need to give to the, give to the Lord. You've got this relationship that you need to surrender to Him. You've got resource that you know that you're not being the steward that God wants you to be. Resource of time, resource of talent, resource of treasure. And God's brought you here this morning because He wants to give you a different perspective. He wants to, he wants to shift you in, in, in a, in, into a different direction. And what He wants is this. He wants you to no longer connect yourselves because that's what it means to be yoked, right? To be yoked means to be partnered with. And God says, I no longer want you to be partnered with, with that activity. I no longer want you to be partnered with that relationship. I no longer want you to be, I no longer want you to be partnered with that pain. That which is keeping you down. If you do away with the yoke of oppression. So God, here's our prayer this morning. That that, that which is keeping us from walking in joy, that which is keeping us from walking in fulfillment of our destiny, that which is keeping us with, from, from walking in exactly what you want us to be and exactly what you're doing, what you, exactly you, what you want us to do. God, we ask that that yoke would come off us this morning, amen? If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the, the pointing finger, malicious talk, if you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed. Here's what's fascinating to me. What's fascinating to me is this, is God never asks us to do something that there's not benefit on the backside. Okay, hold on. God will, God will deliver you 
and you don't have to do anything to have that deliverance, okay? Salvation is a free gift. Make no mistake, salvation is a free gift. It tells us that in Ephesians chapter two, that it's, it's the, through the grace of God that we are saved. It's a free gift from God, right? And why? Because God doesn't want us to focus on us. It's a free gift lest we boast. The blessings of God, however, the blessings of God, the favor of God, always have a premise connected to the promise. Why is that? Well, part of the reason for that is this. God knows that if we're not properly positioned and he blesses us, it will, it will actually do damage to us and not good. We, we could, listen, we could go through the room today and we could have parents share testimony of how they gave stuff to their children that their children didn't deserve and it messed their kids up, right? There's some of you that you know that's true, you experienced it in your own life, and it'd be pretty tough for you to say an amen right now, but you can relate. And so here's what God does. God, God blesses us in accordance with the obedience that we walk with Him. So when God, when God asks you to do something like return the first tenth of everything that you earn to bring the first tenth to the Lord, God's not doing that because he wants to get into your pocket. What he's doing is he's positioning you for favor. He's positioning you for blessing. And by the way, it doesn't come as a surprise to us because his word tells us this over and over and over and over again. I just happened to land on Isaiah 58 this morning, but there are so many scriptures that will tell us that if we, if we get our heart right and we get our life right, if we're honorable in our interactions with others, right? If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and the malicious talk, And if, if I'm willing to say, God, what I have belongs to you, and here I am, use me. If I'm willing to, to live Isaiah 58, if you spend yourself on, on, on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed. Listen to that promise. Then the Lord will guide you always. Wow, that's big, isn't it? then the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. Even when it seems like there's no hope, even when there seems like there's no opportunity, even when there seems like there's no path, even when it seems like there's no resource, God somehow shows up. Remember, <laughs> Remember in March of 2020 when you were freaking out, right? Because there was this new thing called COVID that told us we couldn't do church for the foreseeable future. Can I tell you one of the toughest things I've ever had to do is to walk into this room and preach to an empty room. Let's not go back to that, right? I also, I have to tell you, I have just finally got off the extra weight that I gained because of COVID. Because, because when, when we had to shut down church and we were all just kind of hanging out at our homes for a while, I, I, went to, I went to Publix looking for toilet paper because that's what we were all, all were doing. And more than that, because Jody kept giving away all of our toilet paper. 
True story, there's some of you in the house, you know you got toilet paper from us during that time. I see hands going up. She didn't, she didn't ask me, by the way. She's just handing it out. I'm like, babe, at some point, this is going to get serious. So anyway, I went to Publix looking for toilet paper, and, and I, I, by the way, don't judge me, but I didn't go shopping very much. I didn't go grocery shopping very much. Well, Jody didn't let me go grocery shopping very much because I was one of those men that when I went to the grocery store, I always brought back extra stuff, right? She's like, Ed, what's this? Well, knowing that we were going to be, knowing that we were going to be, you know, stuck in our homes, I went down the, I went down the cookie aisle. Do you know how many types of Oreos there are? And if you've been around the Garvins at all, you know this, that we love everyone and we love everything and we're going we're gonna to show no partiality. And I was not willing to show partiality to the mint Oreos over the red velvet Oreos over the peanut butter Oreos. So I'd, I'd bring all of them home. Well, that wasn't a good thing. But in the midst of it, it was, it was God, what is... What does tomorrow look like? Even in that darkest moment, even in that darkest hour, God's promises were still true. And by the way, if you find yourself in a, in a, in a, in a time of difficulty even now, I want you to know that Isaiah 58 rings true for you. God says this, if you'll position yourself rightly, the Lord will guide you, not sometimes, not eventually, not tomorrow. The Lord will guide you always, always, always. Can I tell you, it's the reason why I live my life. It's the reason why my family, we live our life like this, open palm to God. I will tell you this, I'm, I, we, we are tithers, and, and, and for us, we consider the tithe actually the training wheels for faith. It goes beyond that. God, we want to be invested in your kingdom. God, we want to, we want to, we, we want to see how much, we can, how much we can give, how much you can give through us for your kingdom work across America and around the world. Because I find this, that if I spend myself to satisfy the needs of the hungry, right? If I spend myself to see relief to the oppressed, then what happens is this. God says, Ed, you, you, may be, you may be pouring out this much, but watch how much on the backside, watch how much I can pour into your life. The Lord will guide you always. The Lord will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land, and He'll strengthen your frame. God doesn't just replace what I give out. He makes me stronger. And this is what I love, and it's not just about me. Notice what it continues to say there in Isaiah 59. It says this, that you will be like a well-watered garden. You'll be like a spring whose waters never fail. And see, that spring whose waters never fail, what that spring does is that spring gives life to everything around it. 
And God's called you and I, He's called us to be salt and light. There's a reason why you are part of a church that has 4,000 seats. It's because God loves Orlando. He's crazy about Orlando. And He wants Orlando to come to Jesus. And that's going to happen through your testimony. And it's going to happen through your testimony as God, as, as God moves in your life. And as people see the blessing of the Lord upon you, and you're able to say, let me tell you why I've got this smile on my face. Let me tell you why I've got this swing in my step. Let me tell you what God has done for me. And you're going to walk in the blessing of God as you embrace the premise of God. Because hope sets the table. It sets the table for, for that, that pastor that you're helping to, to train, that you're helping to resource. It sets the table for Rika. who had no idea where her next meal would come from, who every night would lay in bed and deal with night terror. She could not sleep because of the anxiety that riddled her world until she was invited to one of our, our feeding programs. Not just her, but her, her mom started coming and started volunteering. Eventually got into a women's empowerment program, which brought dad. And dad learned that the, the ground could produce far more crop than, than, than what they were able to get out of the small little plot. And he figured out how to create this, out of plastic, this thing called a high tunnel. And now Rika's family, they're producing tomatoes that are a significant cash crop for them. And they're able to do that because Calvary Orlando set the table. Joe Gordon is in India. There's over a billion people in India that don't know Jesus. I, I, I love to hear, I, I love to hear Joe talk. Man, I would go, I'd travel miles to hear Joe talk. I love the fact that Joe will say, people ask me, how do I know I was called to India? He goes, I don't know if I was ever called to India. There's a, over a billion people that need to know Jesus. Why wouldn't you wanna go? I volunteered. Joe's doing business as mission in India. Because that's the best way to get around unreached people and, and allow them to see God for who he really is. And that, that over a billion people that need Jesus, well, there's a seat for them at the table. Because for the last six years, this church, through faith promise giving, has funded what, what Joe's doing in India. So that, that Muslim dad, that, 
that Hindu mom, that little boy, little girl that knows nothing of faith. They have a seat at the table today because hope sets the table. Let me talk about the last seat because I'm convinced the last seat is the most important seat. This last seat, this is reserved for you. Because without you coming to the table today, there's not a table and there's not a seat for Pastor Philemon or Pastor Juan. That without you, there's, there's not a table, there's not a seat for Rika. Without you, there's, there's no chair for 1.2 billion unreached. And that's just in one country. You see, God has a plan. Because God loves people, he's crazy about people, and God loves the world. Because God loved the world, God loves the world, he says this. He says, Jim, if you will spend yourself on behalf of the hungry, he says, Izzy, if, if, if you'll satisfy the needs of the oppressed, uh, the, the oppressed. Claudia, if, if, if you'll give yourself on behalf of the hungry, if you'll, if you'll satisfy the needs of the oppressed, if you'll lean in, and by the way, I'm not asking you to give sacrificially. See, that's a mistake that's made. Sometimes you'll hear, you'll, you'll, you'll hear people talk about this and they'll go, you know what, we're called to sacrificial giving. I'm gonna let you in on a little secret, are you ready? Mike, we're not called to sacrificial giving. The Bible doesn't say you're supposed to give sacrificially. Here's what it says. It says, store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Right? It says, give and it shall be given. This is one of my favorites. And, and, and by the way, I, for those of you that have been at Calvary, you've, you've heard me share this. For those of you that are new to Calvary, this might be new to you, but I wanna take just, just one more moment and, and, and I wanna, before we bring you to a place of, of action, and I wanna share this with you. Luke chapter 6, I, I, love, I love this verse. By the way, and, and it, you'll find this, that oftentimes powerful statements that God makes, they're made over and over again in Scripture. Like, I love this. This is what the writer uh, uh, Proverbs says. The wisest person to ever live says this. Says that those who give to the Lord lend to the poor. Or, I'm sorry, those who give to the poor lend to the Lord and he will repay. You know what? God says this. He says that when we give, God actually considers that a debt that he owes to us. That's amazing to me. Luke chapter 6, it says this, give and it shall be given. And, and, and it explains how. So let me tell you a little bit about me. I'm the 12th of 13 children. 
I grew up in a time where you could leave the kids in the car when you went to the supermarket, right? Some of you remember those times. Some of you, you've got children, grandchildren, and you wish it was still that time, right? I will tell you, if you had as many kids in your family as we had in my family, you would want to leave them in the car. Well, maybe, maybe not, because I also grew up in a time that when you, even if you didn't have the key in the car, you could put the car into gear. And actually, we had a car with this Rambler station wagon. And my mom, supposedly my mom lost the key, probably my dad and he blamed my mom. But, but anyway, the key to the car got lost. And so my dad jammed a screwdriver in it and started the car. And from that point on, you could just put a butter knife in it and start it. Whenever my parents weren't home, we'd drive around the neighborhood. Yeah. So uh, in that car, <laughs> that car, we took to the grocery store one time and my mom left my brothers and me in the car. My brother Pete jumps into the driver's seat and he wants to pretend like he's driving because that's the cool thing to do, right? When you're like eight years old, you're gonna get in the driver's seat and, and, and pretend like you can drive. So he puts the thing in gear. Well, the car rolls down the hill, to, through the parking lot, down the hill, across the street into, and into the ditch across the street. So my mom comes out after shopping for groceries, eight children living at home, so you can imagine how much groceries she's got. There's no car, right? There's no kids takes her a while, she finally sees that we're in the ditch across the street. We got rid of that car. We got a Ford LTD Country Squire. Okay, now these were classy. Okay, these are the ones that had the fake wood panel on the side, right? Anybody have one of those bad boys? Come on, right? Hey, if you had the fake wood panel, you were styling. And the nice thing about those is, you, if you took the key out, it locked the steering wheel and you couldn't put it into gear. Safe to leave the kids in the car. Not with the Garvin kids. <laughs> My brother Billy, he's playing with a cigarette lighter, trying to burn me, right? Drops it in the seat, catches the seat on fire. Okay, from that point on, my mom didn't leave us in the car, not because she was worried about some predator, because her children were predators. <laughs> well, there was one time we were in the grocery store and they had this, this and, and where we, it was Brock's candy, they had Brock's pick a mix, right? For $2.99, you got this two pound bag, right? And you could fill that bag with as much candy as you could get for $2.99. And so I just happened to, I had, I had earned a little bit of money going and mowing a neighbor's yard, right? And so I'm walking to the grocery store with my mom and it's mom, 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 what, just stop. By the way, when you're the 12th of 13, your parents never call you by name. Like my mom, when she would get mad at me, she would go, Pete, Billy, just you, come here. Right? When I got in trouble, I got grounded, but I got grounded to the outside. Right? Just go outside. Just go outside. Okay. How long do I have to stay outside? Do not come in. Do not come into this house until the streetlights come on. All right. I'll go outside. <laughs> anyway. So, mom, mom, I've got my own money. I don't need your money, but can, I just want to buy a little bit of candy. I just, can I get a bag of candy? Can I, can I get, can I get, can I get, just, I don't care. Just go. Go, just don't come back, just go, right? She loved me, but I was a bit much. So that's not true, I was angelic. So especially, well, comparison, right? Because I never put the car in the ditch, I never caught the car on fire. So, 
So I go and I get this bag. And Claude, I, I fill it full of candy, okay? And not, not butter, who's gonna buy butterscotch, right? I'm not buying, that's, that's old person candy. And so I'm buying, I'm buying those, those, you know those, those, those chocolate things that kind of have the vanilla stuff and the, the cream stuff in the middle? Like I'm buying those, I'm buying the fake Hershey Kisses. And here's what I do, I fill that bag until it's full, okay? And then, Lisa, here's what I do. I take the bag and I shake it, okay? You know why I shake it? Why am I shaking it? Yeah, I'm gonna get all those, I'm gonna get all those, all those air pockets out, right? Now, after I do that, I take my little fist, right? My little eight-year-old fist, and I jam it down in there, jam that candy in, and then I fill it more until now it's overflowing. And so now I'm, I'm, I'm walking carefully because I don't, I don't, I don't wanna drop any, right? Oh, please, please. God, if I've, if I've ever prayed, this is the time I'm gonna pray, okay? Like, I know, that I, know, I know that I'm not giving my life to you, but at this point, like, I will go to the lost tribes of Africa if you make sure that no candy falls as I get this up to the checkout counter. Here's what it says in Luke chapter 6. Here's what God says. Give, and it shall be given a good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. See, that's, that's the posture that God wants to take towards you. And so it's a mistake to say that we give sacrificially because here's, here's what we know is all of those if-thens in the Bible are so true. See, what God says in Luke chapter 6, that's Jesus talking, and Jesus is echoing what the prophet Isaiah said centuries before. If you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and you satisfy the needs of the oppressed— then your light will rise in the darkness. Your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will satisfy your needs. He'll guide you always. He'll satisfy your needs in the sun-scorched land. He'll strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden. You'll be like a spring whose waters never fail. So yes, God calls us to engage. God calls us to take a seat at the table, this table of hope. But it really doesn't come as, as, at a cost. You'll find where the offering envelopes are in, in, in your seat. You'll, you'll find cards like this. I want you to grab one. Go ahead and do it. So if you don't know where the offering, offering envelopes are, somebody close to you can show you. They're, 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 it's right, like, right by your, uh, it's right by your, right by your feet. I love, I love what this card says, especially this, this part over here. By the way, this, this part, this part is actually for you, and it says this. It says faith, promise, giving. Faith, promise, giving. I have made a faith promise to give as God enables me. Wait, I don't have to do this according to my ability? No. I don't have to do this according to my budget? No. Okay, all I'm saying today is this. God, over the next 12 months, what is it that you're wanting to flow through me from a resource standpoint? for my church to bring hope to the world. 
And God, I'm not gonna fill this card out based on what I think I can do. I'm gonna fill this card out based on what you tell me I'm supposed to put on the card. Because it says that I'm supposed to do this as God enables me. And so God, here's what I know. I know that you're gonna send creatively, that you're gonna send resource my way. I'm, I'm gonna get extra hours at work that I don't normally get. I'm, I'm gonna get a, a commission I don't normally receive. God, I'm gonna, you're, you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're gonna bring business my way that, that is out of the ordinary for me. And God, I know that you're doing it because you wanna, you wanna, you wanna flow heaven's resource through me to reach the world. And God, you want to do it because, because God, you care about what's happening in the Ukraine today. And I thank you, God, that even as the tanks rolled into the Ukraine, that hope rolled in because of the ministry partnerships that Calvary Orlando has. And make no mistake, friends, as soon as those tanks started to roll, relief started to roll. In fact, I will tell you this, Conway of Hope, we had people on the ground Wednesday afternoon. And even before we had people from, 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 uh, from the United States on the ground, we were already working with national partners in country, in, in Moldova, in Poland, uh, and, and even, in, even, even in the Ukraine on a limited basis. That's what you're a part of. You're a part of this global expression of God's love. Because hope sets the table. So I'm going to ask you to, to pray and fill out this card, and then I'm going to ask you to do something with it. By the way, I know that for some of you, you're here and you're going, I, you know what, I want to give, but, but I, I, I like to do it anonymously because... You're supposed to not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That's when you do acts of charity. That's not when you give offerings. In Jesus's day, they brought the offerings and they presented them. Uh, that's a whole different sermon. But just where you know, they're not gonna broadcast, they're not gonna, they're, these cards aren't gonna be pasted up, up in the windows of the, uh, of the lobby, okay? People aren't gonna know what you're doing. Here's the reason why it's important that you put your name on this card because it gives credibility to it. And this will allow the leadership team here at Calvary to be able to communicate to the missionaries that we partner with across America and around the world and say, hey, this is, we, here's how we know we're gonna be able to support you over the next 12 months. So believe it or not, this card is very important. It's also very important for you. Over and over again, when God gave promises, when God gave, when God gave his children commands, he said, you'll find this numerous times in scripture, God says, write it down. I think there's something significant that happens when you write it down. Okay. This little part of the card is for you to tear off and keep. The rest of this, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. You know, for a lot of us, we've reached the point where the offering bucket is passed by on Sundays, but really we, we do our giving online, right? We do it through the app. We do it through, and I, and I think that's fine. Honestly, that's what Jody and I do. There's a part of me, I miss the idea of bringing my offering. And so... This morning, what I'm gonna ask you to do, I'm gonna pray for you, I'm gonna ask you to fill out this card, and then I'm gonna ask you to bring it, and we're gonna lay it on the altar. 
And there's a reason why I want you to bring it to the altar. Is because you don't fit in the offering bucket. You can't transmit yourself through a text to give. You can't present yourself through the app. You can only do that at an altar. And yes, our faith promise giving will help us reach the nations. But just as important as the nations, if we're going to talk about missions, we have to talk about our neighbors. We can talk about that annoying high school, or the annoying, annoying high school rather, that lives two doors down from you. It's got the really loud car, right? And you'd love to put sugar in his gas tank. We talk about that coworker that makes fun of you because of your faith. We could talk about that area of Orlando that you're uncomfortable in, in driving through. And God's not asking for your money today to reach them. He's asking for you. And so what I'd like to do is I'm going to pray for you. And I'm just gonna, I want to pray faith over you and encourage you to, to fill out this faith promise card. And then, and then I'm going to invite you forward. And I want you to, I want you to bring it to the altar. But don't bring the card and leave. I want you to bring it to the altar. And I want you to... I want us to gather as the church at the altar. And together, I want us to present ourselves to the Lord. So would you stand with me? God, I, I pray faith over each and every person here. God, I pray faith over each and every person who's watching online. And God, I, I pray that you would speak to them and through them right now. God, you're, you're giving them the encouragement to fill out this card and, and you're giving them a, a number, a, a weekly faith promise, a monthly faith promise, a total that, the, that, that they believe that you're gonna give through them over the course of this next year. And it's a faith, it's a faith statement, God. It's, it's they're not gonna get a bill from the church. It says God enables them. It's an agreement between them and you, not them and the church. God, I pray that even right now that you would give them both the understanding and the courage to write down what you want to give through them this year. God, eliminate every excuse right now, every rationalization, every apprehension in Jesus' name. give it to you. Church, here's what I want to invite you to do. I want you to, I want you to fill out that card as God is instructing you right now. 
And just as soon as you're done filling out that card, I want you to, I want you to bring it and I want you to just take it. You can just take it and put it face down on the altar. And then I, I, want, you to, I want you to stay here. I promise you, we, we just, we'll, we'll be out in a couple of minutes. And, uh, and, and there'll still be plenty of food at Old Country Buffet, right? In fact, I'm giving time for the chocolate fountain to clear out at Old Country Buffet. That way you can just go in and eat. So let's, let's, let's even as you, even for the, I want you to stay here. You know, I first, I first spoke in this church in September of 2013. I um, can remember walking in and, 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 and seeing this room. And even from the very first time I, I stood, on this, stood on this platform, I, I saw by faith, I saw, I saw this the sanctuary filled. I have to be honest with you. I, I thought that God was, I thought God was bringing my family here, and that, and that we would see it filled in the time that I was served as the lead pastor of this church. I, I have no doubt. I have no doubt that um, that God's plan is a is 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 a right plan and it's a perfect plan. And when, when it became apparent that God wanted me to step into a different ministry assignment, I thought it was incredible that God had already pre-positioned the person that was to take the baton and, and, and to run with it. And, and while I, I'm grateful for the comments that Pastor Kevin, the very kind comments he made in introducing me, I, I will tell you this, that I believe this, I believe that God, God moved us to Convoy of Hope because he knew that that was the assignment that he had for us. He also knew this, he knew that he already had the person in the house who was gonna lead the church to the place where this room is filled on Sundays, uh, not just once, but in multiple services. Because the nations, the nations are not just being impacted by the cards that you have, 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 have put down, but the nations are being impacted as they're coming to Orlando. And so you've said this, God, I believe this is what you want to give through me in this next calendar year. But God can't cash your check in heaven. And he's calling you to reach the neighbors. And so here's what I want, want to do with you this morning as we close. I, and, and, and I'm going to explain it to you and then we'll do it. It's a very simple thing.
want you to take your hands. If you've been around before, you've, you've, we've done this once before, but I believe it's appropriate to do and for, for, the, for the, so many of you that are new to the church, it's so great to see so many new faces. This is a new thing for you. But I want you to take your hands and I want you to hold them out. I want you to just look at your hands for just a second. Here's what I'm gonna ask you to do this morning. I'm gonna ask you to make this statement to God. God, God, my hands belong to you. And, and because they belong to you, God, whatever it is I'm holding on to today that you want me to give to you, I'm gonna give it to you. Listen, friend, that includes resources, money. That includes time. That includes relationships. That includes past pain, past hurt. That includes dreams. God, everything that I'm holding on to, God, it, it, it belongs, because, because all of me belongs to you, I'm gonna give it to you. And, and by the way, God, whatever you wanna put into these hands, right, resource, responsibility, relationship, God, whatever you wanna put in these hands, I'll steward it wisely for you. And God, lastly, because these hands belong to you, wherever you want them to go, whatever you want them to do, whoever you want them to touch, because they're your hands, use them, God, as you wanna use them. And here's what God is saying to you this morning. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the finger pointing and the malicious talk, and you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and you satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness. Then your light will rise in the darkness of Orlando. Then the night that it seems like there is at times in Orlando, that night will be like a noonday sun. By the way, don't worry about your needs because here's what he's gonna do. He's gonna guide you always. He's gonna satisfy your need in a sun-scorched land. He'll strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden. God, here are my hands. So I want you to do this. I want you to re repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I belong to you. I give my life to you. I accept the gift of salvation. And I thank you that I am yours and you are mine. Because I belong to you, these hands belong to you. So whatever my hands hold on to, I give to you. My job, my family, my relationships, my money, it all belongs to you. Whatever you want, take from my hands, I give it willingly. And God, because these hands belong to you, place in them whatever you will. I receive it in Jesus' name. And I will steward wisely whatever you put in my hands. And because these hands belong to you, they are yours to send wherever, to do whatever, to touch whomever. So guide me, God, and use these hands to impact my neighbors and to reach the nations. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your hands from an expression of openness to God to a demonstration of praise to God. So raise our hands in praise and adoration. Let's thank God for his over 7,000 promises that he will keep to you. Understand this, the Lord will guide you always.
He will. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. He will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. That's a reason to rejoice. That's a reason to celebrate. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, we can do better than that. Come on, you're a Pentecostal church. It's time for you to make a little bit of noise. It's time for you to celebrate a God that keeps His promises. It's time for us to acknowledge that hope sets the table because He's faithful. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening, and God bless.